Hello everyone and welcome to another issue of Cane and Rinse. Uh, in this issue, we will be covering Call of Cthulhu, Dark Corners of the Earth. Uh, but before we launch into that, uh, play along with Kane and Rince. Uh, some upcoming um, issues include Resident Evil 5, Final Fantasy 6, Horizon Zero Dawn, uh, Mario Kart Double Dash, and Ghouls and Ghosts. Um, also, make sure to check out the full schedule of Canerince issues for this volume um, over at canerince.com. If you feel like giving back to the podcast in any little way, um, we do have a Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash um, you'll get access to all of the uh, main podcasts a little bit earlier than everyone else. Sometimes you'll get a little bit extra, um, uh, more than people subscribe to the main feed will get um, in, in those rare cases that we run over two hours. Um, you'll also find console uh, specials that will remain exclusive to Patreon uh, subscribers for a limited time. Um, and you'll also get uh, mini podcasts between Jay and Leon where they talk about uh, general upkeep and whatever games they've been playing at the time. Um, also, make sure to check out our sister podcast, uh, Sound of Play. Um, not enough of you listen to it. It's fantastic. Um, I wish all I could take all the listeners of Kana Rince and take it over to Sound of Play because uh, it's really, really great. Um, what we do on Sound of Play is we talk about the music in video games that we really love and play some of those those fantastic tracks. Um, Please subscribe, review, and rate us on whatever podcast app you use. Um, iTunes uh, reviews really do help us out. Um, and also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Joining me, Joshua Garrity, in issue 340 are uh, first time on Kane and Rince, uh, Jacob Geller. Hello. Glad to be here. Glad to have you. Um, also, Mikhail Croder. Get lost, outsider. <laughs> and uh, Sean O'Brien. Hello, hello. <laughs> so, Call of Cthulhu, Dark Corners of the Earth, is a first-person survival horror game uh, inspired by the works of H.P. Lovecraft. Um, the developer was uh, Head First Productions, um, it this uh, it was finally published by Bethesda Softworks. Uh, directors include uh, Simon Woodroff and uh, Michael Rudro uh, Woodroff. Uh, lead designer Christopher Gray. Lead programmer Gareth Clark. Artists include Rob Steptoe, Troy Tempest, and William Octorop. Uh, writers include Christopher Gray, Graham Davis. And uh, it was composed by Greg Chandler. And producers are also Christopher Gray again, uh, Todd Vaughan and Joss Ellis. Um, 
so it's fair to say, and I want you guys to, you know, uh, jump in at any point during this little bit, but I wanted to talk about the uh, development history of, uh, of this game because uh, it's quite long and complicated. Um, so... Um, uh, in a recent interview uh, with uh, Retro Gamer, um, Andrew Brazer um, said that the the kind of project started out with him simply asking, "What would you want to see in a video game of Call of Cthulhu at the alt.horror.cthulhu forum?" And um, a lot of the ideas that went into the development of this game kind of were taken from a lot of the fan suggestions uh, that came out from that discussion. Um, the, the game was uh, announced, um, or the game started development, I should say, um, in 1999 and was originally scheduled for a 2001 release for PC and PS2. Um, that uh, didn't work out. Uh, the game ended up having a six-year-long development cycle, uh, which included multiple uh, delays. Um, the original publisher was Ravensburger. Uh, it then moved on to Fish Tank. Uh, Acquisition of Fish Tank by Joe Wood uh, led to a new deal with Bethesda for uh, PC and Xbox. The PS2 version was still planned, but was then later aborted. Um, originally, um, this was going to be um, much bigger in scale um, than the game that was eventually released. Um, so uh, they were going for a more non-linear RPG structure with more characters, locations. There was even talk of a four-player uh, co-op um, being included in the game. There was even going to be an online deathmatch nice. mode um, yeah, uh, at some um, point. It's, it makes sense that they originally wanted to take more of an RPG approach because I, the narrative is also that uh, the game was going to be based on the universe as specifically um, depicted in the Call of Cthulhu pen and paper RPGs, right? Yes, yes, because so they, they specifically um, got a licensing deal with uh, the, the original creators of the pen and paper uh, RPG, uh, which were called uh, Chaos, uh, Chaosum, Chaosum. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, <laughs> um, but they got a, a, a yeah, they a licensing deal with them uh, so that they could use um, a lot of the elements included yeah. in that role playing game. That's also why the uh, uh, logo on the on the box on the cover of the game is the same as the logo on yeah. the uh, pen and paper RPGs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the uh, along with that, um, the sanity system, which is present in the game and does you know have a lot going on under the under the surface, uh, was intended to be much deeper than uh, is in the final product. Um, we'll talk about that in more detail uh, yeah. later on. I also wonder. Um, if, so, sorry to interrupt you, but I wonder if uh, no. the um, maybe. There was more to the stripped-down sanity system than, than just um, a, a lack of time and resources uh, because mm. uh, Nintendo and Silicon Knights had also put a, a sort of a patent. Was it a patent? It was at least uh, they, they, uh, yeah, they registered uh, the Lovecraftian-style sanity system with all the huh. 
freaky third wall, uh, uh, fourth wall breaking uh, effects in there as they had used in Eternal Darkness. Yes, hmm. yeah, this so, would be a very different game if it had those Eternal Darkness style. Yeah, <laughs> your safe has yeah. been erased. <laughs> yeah. But maybe, yeah, maybe not. But there's a lot more than just fourth wall breaking stuff in there. But maybe it was hamstrung by that patent uh, as well. Uh, Could be. Yeah. yeah. Um, there was also a higher degree of environment interactivity um, intended for the game. So, like physics-based uh, interactions. Um, it must have killed them that Half-Life Two beat them to it. Um, <laughs> a, releasing a you know a year before their, them, even though they were planning to release well before Half-Life Two. Um, it's kind, but yeah, kind of the, the, tr- the trouble with very long production cycles or development cycles, yeah. right? Like in the meantime, yeah. stuff comes out that takes all your ideas. And um, also, um, from gameplay showed in back in 2001, um, it appeared that there was even going to be third-person sections. Um, some of the stealth was going to be depicted in third-person, which was stripped out of the the final game. So there's probably a lot more than that. Um, if you know, if any of you know, it's. You know, we, we've it's been known for developers to listen in to Caden Rintz. So if if you're a developer listening in, and there's more uh, that was cut out, please get in contact with us and let us know because mm-hmm. I'd be really fascinated to hear um, what you know what and en- didn't end up in the final product. Yeah, I mean, of of all the problems that that we'll probably go into, one of them isn't a lack of ambition. You know, because yeah. yeah. oh, the game is not. ambitious yeah. enough on its own if it had. All of these, you know, in sundry things that they wanted to include as well, I feel like it would have, you know, buckled under its own weight. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the game as it as it was released uh, came out on uh, Xbox um, in October 2005 in both Europe and the USA. Um, the PC version came out in March 2006 in Europe and uh, April 2006 in uh, the USA. Um, It is worth noting at this point, um, we may uh, go into our own experiences with with this um, as we talk about the game, but uh, the PC version does have several bugs, uh, including game-breaking ones um, that were never patched out officially. Um, So the most notorious of these is a scenario where the sorcerers uh, need to be targeted um, uh, aboard a ship um, using its uh, cannon. Um, uh, basically, you can't see the sorcerers, uh, so you can't shoot them and you can't progress the game. Uh, thankfully, an unofficial patch exists called DCOTE patch, um, which addresses um, those major issues along with a few other smaller things. It doesn't radically change the game, it just basically brings it to a playable state. Um, and uh, yeah, I really recommend it. It's what I use to play the game for this recording. So, reviews for the game. Um, according to GameRankings.com, um, this game is sitting at 78% uh, for both Xbox and PC. Uh, I was slightly surprised to see that, considering how many bugs are in the PC version, but uh, there we go. Maybe they, um, a lot of the reviewers didn't play far enough to get to the real game-breaking bugs. <laughs> well, that's probably the case. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Um, sales for the game. Um, so the only like really solid figures I could get um, were for the Xbox version um, in the UK. So the Xbox version only sold um, just above 5,000 units in, U- in the UK by the end of 2005, according to a sales report by Eurogamer at, uh, close to the time. Um, take this with a pinch of salt because VG Charts isn't always 100% reliable, but um, they indicate that it sold uh, 50,000 units in the US and 10,000 units in Europe. Uh, so it was not a financial success. So let's let's talk about our histories with this title. Um, I'd like to start with Sean. Yeah, so I um, I remember walking through Blockbuster and uh, like just trying to look for something to rent uh, one day back in it must have been oh, it must have been like two thousand five or, or yeah somewhere around there um, and I, I just I just walked by it and and I I wasn't like a big Lovecraft fan um, I was aware of him, but I didn't read any of his stuff, and and I was kind of real into just horror in general. So at the time, so I was looking for like a horror game, and that one stuck out. It was like Lovecraft on the cover. It's got a monster. It sounds all right to me. So I um I rented it and uh, just kind of blasted through it in a few days, and then eventually picked up a copy. And I remember playing it like a lot. And uh, so that's kind of why this was my one of my nominations for this volume of uh Kane and Rince. and so this is my first time playing it in at least like uh 10 years and um things have changed <laughs> i think uh, <laughs> since then uh uh but um i'm still interested to to at least talk about it cuz it's it's a uh, it's a weird one it's a really weird game Mikhail. uh at the time this game almost came out i was working at uh game pro magazine as a member of the editorial staff there and uh, one of our interns uh, had got the original Xbox copy of this game. Uh, so it was 2005. And he was playing through it in, let's say, the darkened game room. And he felt a, li- felt a little bit spooked by the game. Uh, so uh, he asked me if I had time to come and sit next to him uh, and, uh, and play <laughs> through it, uh, which I did. And I was, I was an avid uh, Lovecraft reader at the time already, so I was already interested. And... I was quite taken by how the a, a large section of this game up until f- very late actually you don't have any weapons in this one. Mm-hmm. So and then there is the first person perspective. So this combination really you know made me feel like I've I've ha- hadn't as, as experienced that in a game before just incredibly incredibly vulnerable uh yeah. and that made it Especially at the time we were playing, it made it one of the scariest or spookiest games I had experienced up until that point. And I had been playing several horror games before that. And then there was that the, the, the hotel escape section. Um, and I read the Shadow Over Innsmouth, so I sort of knew what was coming. But just the way that was framed and the way that it was carried out made a very deep, lasting uh, impression on me. So... You know, when I got an actual original Xbox, because there were a couple of games that I really wanted to play in that system, and 360 uh, backwards compatibility uh, compatibility was all kinds of iffy. Um, mm. 
for many games. Call of Cthulhu was one of the gr first games that I uh, actually sought out and I vowed to play through uh, all the way through one day. And you know when Sean suggested it, I think we already had a little bit of chat uh, mm -hmm. in the in the Slack channel about it, me and me and Sean. And when he suggested it for the podcast and when it was included in the lineup, I was uh, first in line because uh, you know it would actually give me a good reason to go back to this crusty 2005 <laughs> release. <laughs> Jacob, now my my history with this game is very simple, and that I had virtually never considered it until i was asked to be on the podcast and then picked <laughs> it up on gog and played through it um with lovecraft himself i have i have a bit more of a history just as i kind of think anyone who spends a lot of time with the weirder side of video games and movies and stuff will kind of encounter his mm -hmm. writing her his inspirations my dad was a big fan and so he would mm. he would certainly kind of drop references to cthulhu or whatever throughout my childhood um <laughs> but yeah, it's um for the game itself, I I picked it up and played it, you know, within within the last couple weeks and that's that's about where it ends. Yeah, so um I was aware of the game for a long time, um just because it always kind of came up as like a survival horror that um a lot of people hadn't played mm -hmm. um and was maybe worth checking out. Um, and I'm a big fan of the survival horror genre. Um, so I'd kind of, you know, bought it on Steam when it was in one of the numerous sales and, uh, and just kind of, it just kind of sat there in my, uh, in my, uh, Steam library. And hence the, the orange tag in the great Canaan Rince, uh, <laughs> spreadsheet. Um, I wasn't really campaigning for this one, but, um, I ended up being called for hosting duty. So here we are. Um, and, um, um, but yeah, I think I have more of a history, less so with Lovecraft, and more Lovecraft-adjacent things. Mm -hmm. I didn't really start kind of digging into Lovecraft until weirdly after Bloodborne came out, and like the whole conversation about Lovecraft started churning up because that game draws so heavily from his work. Um, but like you know, some of my favorite films and and fiction is definitely owes a lot to him like the thing and i mean john carpenter's the thing yeah, yeah um even though you know it's it's not lovecraft you cannot watch that film and tell me that it's not drawing off, off oh, of yeah. the same themes and definitely and inspired ideas. by uh, the mountains of madness as well Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the thing might as well be a shogoth uh, by another name, uh, in a lot of ways. Um, but yeah, I, I, so I'm, I am really in love with the ideas in Lovecraft. Just the, just the, the idea. Like somebody described to me once that the fear that Lovecraft generates is like going into one of those uh, universe simulators and clicking on earth and then just oh, scrolling that's, backwards that's very good. infinitely <laughs> um and that is what it is and i love that I, I just i love that idea of fear being generated from how small we are in the yeah. grand scheme yeah. of the universe and i love that it's, stuff it's kind of akin to your 
another uh, much uh, reported fear as well uh, of being yeah. in the dark, deep unknown and mm -hmm. seeing something huge uh, turn up out of the darkness, you know? I think I think a lot of the Kanan the Rince team has something about uh, the deep water and things yeah. under the water. And of course, oh, God, yeah. all, all of that stuff, like the, the, the big creatures in the ocean, all of that stuff, it really keys into stuff that I'm interested in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I was I was excited to uh, start this game up and uh, and play it for the podcast, and I will reveal my thoughts very soon. <laughs> um, so let's let's talk um, general scenario and setup. If we kind of start veering into gameplay and stuff, so be it. That's no problem. Um, but setup. Um, this is um, despite being called Call of Cthulhu. Um, this game owes most of its influence um, to uh, the novella The Shadow Over Innsmouth um, and, and also the uh, campaign uh, Escape from Innsmouth from the Call of Cthulhu role-playing uh, game. Um, so you play as uh, Jack Walters, a detective, um, later on a private detective, um, and the kind of first area of the game is you uh, uh, being involved in a siege in Boston in 1915, um, and you're attacking uh, a cult called the Cult of Yeath. Um, so let's just talk first impressions. This this first little set piece, this setup. Mm. Um, what what were your thoughts going into this, gentlemen? Um, very nice setup where you're looking at this uh, decrepit uh, house on the outside and uh, the, the police, uh, policemen are talking. Um, and I Im remember immediately thinking, why am I going in here without a gun? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then you, you encounter some of these mad cultists, but yeah, they don't seem hostile towards you. They're only hostile towards the, uh, the other police officers. Um, but it's yeah, and I also remember already being really spooked when I uh, neared came near that uh, trap door, and it, because the, the game settings are so dark, and the, here comes my old uh, CRT song again. I was playing on a CRT uh, on the or original Xbox version, and the the darkness and the contrast makes the trap door very hard to spot. So when you come to this. Uh, side of the a certain side of the room you hear this sort of very very muffled a very deep sounding wailing coming from there as well mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. yeah definitely something very spooky yeah yeah i think it i think it starts really strong i mean just the the intro in that house and their um this it seems to kind of drop off throughout the game but in the beginning you can you can kind of look at almost anything in the yeah. world and he'll yeah. have like a comment on it and mm -hmm. so you know you could you could really kind of live in his thoughts and and mm -hmm. figure out what you know the the mental experience and the the environment that you were there and I, I found that very intriguing yeah I'd agree with both of those and and there's there's one moment where you go upstairs and um you open a door and there's one of the guy one of the cultists is shooting out the window at the at the police outside and you walk up to him and he starts talking to you and he's like, hey, you know, well, he's much more evil sounding than that. Like, hey, but, um, yeah, how's it going? Hey, so glad you showed up. Um, and then he gets shot like through the back of his head. And like the animation there is oddly good, like compared to the rest of the game, which is which is mm -hmm. kind of not um, because like the way he drops, like it's just like it was 
oddly realistic and and that moment really kind of at the time when i first played it kind of freaked me out i was like oh this is like super grim and and not what i was i guess not really what i was expecting out of a out of a game at the time um again i think like you were saying jacob i think something like that also kind of fades as the game goes on but i do agree that the the first opening sequence and going downstairs and finding that that guy uh uh kind of like i guess sort of crucified and with all of his body parts like in different um tanks and you can walk up and they're all still moving yeah yeah and then you have to actually kill him to progress but that was like a really compelling sequence um so it's it's all very now thinking about it it's very different than the rest of the game yeah it seems like this might have been kind of like along that six-year development cycle like they had this built yeah. <laughs> and then they yeah. kind of went in a different direction with the rest of it because yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it feels like a vertical slice yep. like it mm-hmm. feels like something that was made to uh, present yeah. to other people yeah. and um and then the rest of the game was built after yeah um but yeah i think like it is really effective, like the the encounter with the Yeef themselves when they come out of the portal. Yeah, yeah, like the animation is a bit weird for them because right. they're just like yeah. slivery. Yeah. Like they're meant to be like these incomprehensible creatures, <laughs> and they're just kind of like doing like a jaunty yeah. dance. Yeah, I could yeah. I could comprehend them. <laughs> I understand. Yeah, yeah. They reminded me a little um, bit of uh, the uh, benevolent creatures in uh, the Dark Crystal. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the way they yeah. sort of uh, shuffle forward, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, because I because I feel the need to uh, reference every Lovecraft novel that it comes up <laughs> in this game. Um, the Yeef um, originate from uh, the short story "The Shadow Out of Time." Yeah. Um, it is believed by many people that uh, these creatures served as the inspiration for the aliens in the book "Story of Your Life." and uh, the Hollywood film adaptation Arrival. Uh, this is because uh, the Yeef have the ability uh, to... Uh, they basically have precognition through time travel, mm-hmm. uh, which will come up later on in the story. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they're, they're, they're basically... They're, they're, they're considered to be benevolent as far as, like, Lovecraftian creatures are, you, you know, are on the curve of Lovecraft creatures. They're mm-hmm. benevolent, and they often involve in kind of preventing horrible futures. So after your encounter with the Yeef, um, you end up in Arkham Asylum. Um, the game shows you um, committing suicide, um, uh, the outcome of which isn't clear, but then you uh, wake up months later um, and you're a private detective. It's 1922, so uh, years have passed, but apparently he's lost six months of time or something like that. Um, and he's uh, he's gotten a missing persons case uh, for a man called Brian Burnham, um, and uh, he is heading to the town of Innsmouth, um, where the game really kicks off. Uh, this this is the point where the game kind of actually starts um, and 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 opens up. So. Um, Innsmouth, a uh, famous uh, location depicted in the shadow over Innsmouth. How do we how do we feel about this 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 first uh, exploration of that area? I really liked it. I I thought that these these opening couple hours, depending on how good or bad you are at kind of finding where you need to go, um, were very interesting. Of just wandering around this this very 
weird feeling and and you know perhaps perhaps as an element of the limited technology but it kind of worked like just this uncanny space where it seemed like the sky was a weird color and the shadows didn't quite work and everyone you know everyone was just kind of shuffling around and would Mm -hmm. would you know kind of push you off if you wanted to talk to them i thought it was a very uh, just it really it was very much a place in a way that i think some of the later sections maybe were not as much it's this is let's say the adventuring section of the game the uh the adventuring part where you're just trying to find clues and and, and progress without any uh combat or stealthing uh, uh being a part of it and yeah the, there is indeed like you guys said there's a, a huge sense of place there and it's also the, the sound like the sort of uh yeah it's what sounds like very you know the type of wind that scuffs mm-hmm. your face uh, mm-hmm. and 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 uh, eats at your skin. Uh, <laughs> at, at yes, a, at no, some... I, I remember that wind as well. It was a great, yeah. <laughs> it was, yeah. it was very good. And then when you design. are in certain sections, you actually hear what could be whispering being carried on uh, carried on by the wind. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and then the characters you meet. There's the the innkeeper, Mister Gilman. And uh, <laughs> and they're, they're yeah and and all the really off-looking uh, Innsmouth citizens uh, the, the the more normal ones are just scared to talk to you they'll quickly mm-hmm. walk away when you start yeah. uh, speaking to them because they don't want to be seen with you and of course uh, the belo- uh, you know the lovable drunkard uh, Zadok <laughs> Allen uh, so. good old Zadok <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> And uh, yeah, it's 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 very a very compelling place to mm. to to pry at, and you you know that there's something seriously wrong here. Uh, yeah, and yeah. you do, you indeed don't want to spend the night uh, in Innsmouth. Like I agree with a lot of what you guys have said. Like I I really really love the atmosphere of that initial part of Innsmouth. Um, you can smell the decaying fish. Um, like mm-hmm. it just it, you can tell Innsmouth just smells of like old fish markets. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. all of that stuff really works. And then the moment you talk to someone, it's like. Uh, okay, right. <laughs> and, and I almost wish they just taught like normal people, because then mm. it would be creepier. Like for me, it would be yeah. creepier if they were all just regular citizens who looked a bit odd. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when things kicked off, it would be more more terrifying to me. But like, it's not just it's not just the citizens that bother me. Jack Walters inconsistent voice acting mm. is a real like oh, tension breaker oof. for me yeah like they're 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 remote so like in the sat with with the sanity system which we'll talk about in more detail later but one of the effects of it is that you know jack walters will start talking you know talking to himself like oh my mm-hmm. god i can hear voices in my head <laughs> and yeah. then yeah. And, and then he's doing that and then i go to click on a door and he goes <laughs> that door won't open that's no use to it's me locked. Uh, it's it won't locked <laughs> it won't budge and it's just like okay I, all right I jack this- uh, I think uh, one of one of the unfortunate things is he comes across as incredibly dense. It's like yeah. he doesn't <laughs> yeah. notice there there are people who look incredibly fishy <laughs> around him. I mean, he, literally, there's like you know, a, a slightly later, not too much later in the story, you find a note that's very clearly just cannibalism, and mm. he doesn't. He has no. He's still like I don't know about the people around here. <laughs> yeah. <And it's> like, yeah. <laughs> 
He just yeah. read this thing. Yeah. So it's hard to it's hard to associate both because he doesn't seem afraid and he just seems completely oblivious. Yeah. I'm just like so unwilling to like if I saw a giant fish monster like smash through a door and the first person I meet would I would go, Oh my god, I just saw a giant yeah. fish monster. <laughs> yeah. But instead yeah. he's like, Who's some kind of animal or something? It's like, No, <laughs> yeah. you got full view of it. Like you yeah. saw it. Like it yeah. is a giant fish monster. And I re- I hate that in fiction whenever people are like, Maybe it was a dog or a bear. Yeah. It's like <laughs> you've lived you you're fer- you're clearly over thirty. You know what a dog or a bear looks like I don't, I don't believe you for a second it's, it's, it's almost as if he when he's finally in the uh, deep one city at the end of the game he's finally starting to realize there's something not quite right with all this <laughs> yeah <laughs> or, or he's like there's an awful lot of bears in this subterranean <laughs> city <laughs> um yeah but yeah. about uh, about Innsmouth, uh, I think also very strong is the the visit to the old town and the poorhouse and just yeah. Yeah. You know, you, yeah. where you really are confronted with just how wretched a place this is where you're uh, you're staying. And um, then there's the section where indeed you unleash uh, um, Ramona Waits' mother from the attic. Yeah, and, and yeah. I found that um, not it's good probably been have, uh, be, have been de- depicted stronger uh but just the the concept of that as a as a father with a daughter uh mm-hmm. just you know i found it very affecting this time around where mm. you know just this idea that this poor girl lives there with her father and her mother locked in the attic in this horrible town and you know she's just basically all alone there answering the door for you and then gets mangled in the end uh, i found yeah. it very very effective yeah and different for the games that come out at that time, like or even still today, like kid, kids yeah. don't really, you know, for better or for worse, I guess, like, kids don't really get uh, murdered in, in games. And this was kind of yeah. like the first time I'd seen that. And I was like, oh, this is way yeah. uh, darker than I was <laughs> And it's a, bit, it's a bit of pathos that you won't find in actual Lovecraft stories because mm. those stories are a lot more... You know the the protagonist is much more turned to turned uh, has turned inwards, and yeah, yeah. Uh, there isn't much path of or of affection for secondary or tertiary characters in them, and yeah, so it it brings a more human side to the to mm-hmm. the mythos. Um, of course, you know this is the same um, so, sort of uh, setup as the part where you electrocute that uh, that guy who's being uh, who was vivisected uh, mm-hmm. in the uh, in the uh, uh, house of the Yithian cult or the, the cult of Yith, mm-hmm. where it's kind of cheating. Where when games do this, right? Like the only way to progress is do something horrible, otherwise yeah. you uh, yeah. you're stuck in the same place. It, it's very manipulative, manipulative, of course, but still it yeah. was uh, it was effective. I felt. I just uh, the, there's an extra le- if it was just a monster came about and killed a child that would have been horrific and mm. awful in of itself there's just that extra layer of um awfulness that it's her mum yeah, <laughs> um, yeah like yeah, that, that yeah. playing on that kind of like um so some recent horror movies that I won't name uh, just for fear of spoilers kind of play with the idea of the fear of the other parent um, kind of being a danger to your child. 
Um, mm. And like that, that kind of, and this is a very, you know, simplified version of that, but like that is a powerful idea of mm-hmm. like being afraid that your partner is going to harm someone that you love just as much. Um, yeah. And and that kind of moral um, argument you have to have with yourself with that in that situation. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that that's, I, I mean, I, we're talking about like a, a scene that, literally last like 10 minutes but i do think that's really effective piece of horror well what what i think wasn't quite as effective is they um she kept popping up through the rest of the story almost almost like alma from fear right Um, and and it didn't it didn't really seem like the game had anything to say about it Uh, you know she just she just kind of showed up I think it's uh, it was the way the game's way of showing that uh, Jack felt kept on feeling guilt. Feeling. It was not an event yeah. that, that just happened and was left there and then. And yeah. Throughout the rest of the game, it made him feel yeah terrible remorse yeah. and guilt. It's where we come back to the voice acting. <laughs> Good, yeah, yeah, I agree. It's it's um it's weird. It's I th- I, what I like about it is that it kind of leaves it up to you to decide whether like what actually drove him crazy. Yeah. As, it, as the story goes on because it's i mean i guess it's it it's probably just both right like he's seeing all these crazy monsters and also the guilt of having let this monster go and kill uh, the little girl but um it's it's at least i as we'll probably repeatedly say over and over again i appreciate the ambition of the sequence whether yeah. or not the execution was on point is a different story but it's, and, it and is I actually a nice thing. also was thinking uh, just for before the uh, podcast, uh, I was just before the recording, I was letting it run through my head again, and I was wondering why the mother, even though monstrous as she was, because uh, Ramona was supposed to turn into uh, a deep one as well. Why did she kill her? Um, and maybe you know, if we think, if I'm thinking a bit, little bit too much about this, maybe maybe it was actually a mercy killing that she didn't want her daughter mm-hmm. to end mm-hmm. up the same way that she did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, because even the father was uh, contemplating in his diary about killing her when she turned right. ten. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Fun stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So one of the the other sequences um, in this uh, this part of the game um, that I'll be honest is is actually my favorite part of the game um, is uh, when the townsfolk basically realize that you've seen too much mm-hmm. and you're yeah. you're close to discovering yep. the truth of what's going on and they come to murder you in your hotel room. And the, the, for me, I, I mean, I, you, you guys may have some other points in the game that kind of scared you just as much. But for me, like, this was the scariest part of the whole game. Absolutely. Just yeah. the, the, the moment, like, they started yeah. banging on the doors um, and you had to run for your life. And, and but the, It was it's the like fact something that, out of a nightmare. Yeah, 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 absolutely, and and it was it was the fact that not only you had to shut the doors, but you had to bolt the doors yep. after mm-hmm. you, right? That yeah, and it's very finicky because you really need to to center those bolts in in, in, <laughs> yeah. in the middle of the screen to be able to do it. 
but it but it it's it's really good and having you know um McKeel, you you shared that uh retro gamer piece with me um the the developers go into how a, a lot of that sequence is smoke and mirrors like there mm-hmm. are shouts and bangs that are coming from nobody um <laughs> there there are there are gunshots and stuff like that that um w- would never hit you and and stuff mm. like that so the the a lot of the fear a lot of the tension that you're feeling is not mm-hmm. it's it's entirely an illusion but it's yeah. so effective um, <laughs> it's yeah. it's just yeah and and again like this this sequence is quite linear like it is very much like the developer in in that piece even said it's very much simon says you just have to follow a certain sequence of actions mm-hmm. and then you win the encounter and you but, probably fail a couple of times so it's a bit trial and error yeah. as well yeah 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 that's but, what i was gonna say is it like the first time you do it it feels so frenzied you know and so almost improvisational it's like mm-hmm. oh, i've yeah. just gotten here but now at this door and i have to figure out what to do and then and then i missed the last jump at the water tower like oh, twice yeah. and i was like oh it's exactly the same you know this right. is very this is very on rails yeah yeah, yeah. And this game came out, the original version, the Xbox version, came out in this, uh, just months after uh, Resident Evil 4 came out with, you know, that section in the village where you're attacked with the, by the chain saw guy and all the ganados, mm-hmm. and you have to start shoving shelves in front of windows and, yep. uh, mm-hmm. and, and kicking down ladders as well. So that with that game being so fresh in my memory, it definitely felt so reminiscent of that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think, I think weirdly, like, so because Leon S. Kennedy in Resident Evil Four is so competent and so effective at killing uh, <laughs> millions of uh, infected people, um, it, it for me like that sequence is great in Resident Evil Four. It's a fantastic piece of gameplay, um, but like I was not as scared during that yeah, sequence as yeah. I was here. You feel yeah. so fragile uh, yeah. Yeah, during this sequence because you don't have anything. You're, you're yeah, defenseless. Nothing. Yeah, and and yeah. and also the sound design here is excellent because as you said, yeah. it's mostly just smoke and mirrors. But the the pounding on those doors is absolutely terrifying. Like it just sounds like each hit is going to break through that door, even though yeah. as you you say if once you bolt it you're pretty good for a while and you know slamming those as you said the the shelves in front of there it's it's you're good for a minute too but um yeah just the sound and the music here all it all co- coalesces into this, this yeah. excellent sequence and this is where like i i remember damn sure that this was where i kind of fell in love with it the first time because i was like oh mm. my god like this is yeah. one of the most tense sequences i've still it still works to me for me like yeah, uh, yeah. playing it this yeah. time like i mean i played it a whole bunch and it was still just really excellent the the, yeah. the the thing that really impressed me was like how long it lasts as well yeah. because i yeah. feel like any other game like this like half-life 2 kind of dabbles with this in the opening opening of the game um mm. where you're kind of help 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 helplessly running across yeah. the room. but it yeah. re- it doesn't really last that long whereas yeah. with this it feels like you have a moment of reprieve where you're just like quietly yeah. moving around Sneaking and then around. suddenly it just kicks off again and you're running yeah. for your life and <laughs> a door and opens it, on there he is yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it just and it and it creates this feeling of like nowhere is safe like you yeah. are mm-hmm. a dead man walking and everywhere you step like no 
matter where you go, no one's on your side, um, <laughs> apart from two people um, in the whole town. Um, and yeah, it's just it's really effective, and it it's more effective than um, than examples that I can think of that are contemporary to it. Mm-hmm. I can mm-hmm. think of I think I can think of games that came after. Um, I'm thinking of Amnesia that kind of sure. really yep. really play on that idea of being pursued um, mm-hmm. and alien isolation in fact yeah. uh, as well but like at the time like when this game came out you, with you know you brought up resident evil 4 and i was thinking half-life 2 i don't think e- like even though i prefer those games vastly over this one this sequence mm-hmm. in isolation is just masterful yeah. um yeah it's also interesting from, you know, we, we talked about how Lovecraft's writing is mostly pretty, uh, pretty introspective. Mm-hmm. This is actually pretty much lifted straight from Shadow yeah. over Innsmouth. Like it's, oh, really? I was, I was listening to, to kind of like an audio book of it mm-hmm. and it's like almost beat for beat. Yeah. You know, hmm. what happens in this chase happens there. And so it's interesting that Lovecraft actually had this like set piece in, yeah. <laughs> in what is mostly like a pretty dry story. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's one of the most action-packed Lovecraft stories, actually, especially that section. It's uh, hmm. almost uncharacteristic. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, playing the game and having read the story beforehand, it's I already in the this, uh, the the when I was reading the the short story, it was was really visual for me when i read it mm. and it was like seeing the books and come to life uh, for me and again it had it crept up on me like something out of a nightmare in a very <laughs> compelling way um it, it's worth bringing up um uh some of the systems in the game because they do crop up here now um mm. so the the way the game handles uh health and recovering that health um, so you have uh, various health kits that you can pick up, and they will contain uh, bandages and, and sutures uh, and uh, uh, and various other uh, medical uh, um, equipment that you can use to patch up broken bones and, and uh, seal up wounds and, and what have you. Um, it reminds me a lot of the system in Metal Gear Solid uh, 3, uh, Snake Eater, um, where you have to uh, go into the menu and, and you know remove leeches and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I, do, I do think it's interesting that it happens in real time, though. Yes. You know, it's not just a menu. You have to crouch down and pull everything yeah, out and yeah. wrap yeah. it around yourself. How, how do we how do we feel about this system? Um, I think, I, I mean, just to start us off, I really liked it in the early part of the game. So this first third, I think it really worked for this mm-hmm. kind of pursuit style gameplay of like, okay, I managed to get out of that one. Let's see if I can sort out my broken bones and all of that stuff. It becomes a problem as the game progresses and becomes more action focused where it feels like, okay, I have to stop all the shooting so I can spend like what feels like 30 seconds wrapping up all my <laughs> wounds and stuff like that. And it's just, yeah. yeah. It didn't work for me later on. There's a lot going on there with, uh, let's say, um, local damage to your body. And it also affects enemies. So there's a lot going on under the hood there. Because I remember also one time hopping off a ladder too soon. 
and uh, landing uh, on my legs and one of my legs cracked. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I started walking, but I really s started really slumping, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. And I, with every step I took, I heard a bone crack. <laughs> And yeah. sure enough, when I opened my status screen, I saw that a bone was sticking out of my shins. <laughs> so I had to patch that up. But there's there's a lot of that going on, like where you are shot, where you uh, uh, incur the damage, and how that actually affects your character's uh, movements, performance, stress levels. Uh, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's pretty deep, actually. I did think it was pretty... Uh unpredictable maybe i mean it's like yeah, if you hop off yeah. something you're gonna hurt your legs but i could never really get a, a, a kind of grasp on if it would be you know a, a fracture or mm -hmm. need, you know just bandages there was there was apparently the ability i think i got poisoned one time in the game by like the, some crabs, crabs but mm. it was like i think those were the only things that did it and it seemed kind of silly to have a whole different health section <laughs> just only for, for that one yeah. enemy um, so it was, it, it, like many of the systems in the game, it seemed very ambitious, but then when it came, like, into the game itself, it didn't really, it didn't affect how I made decisions. Yeah. You know, it was just kind of there, and then when I needed to address it, then I would address it. Yeah. And I, 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 get, I imagine something like this is more important on higher difficulties, but I imagine most people kind of play it on normal which i think is is called private investigator in this in this one um and first off you get like a ton of health packs along the way and also like you know if you go into the menu screen, you can only you can only start playing from uh private oh, investigator okay. level right. and, and the easy more, one yeah it um, unlocks higher it unlocks higher different right, yeah. uh, difficulties yeah but so in in the, you go into the inventory screen and you can see which parts of your body are damaged and you can choose to kind of heal which ones but i always just kind of hit quick heal like while I'm running yeah, around, just, hit, too, just yeah. heal everything. Yeah, yeah, just heal everything. And so like that because you suffer blood loss as well, so right? Which yeah, can kill you in the long run. Yeah, and and so like I kind of just I don't I feel like that was an unnecessary uh, bit of depth, I guess, when having like the ability to heal all these different things. When really all you gotta do is yeah. just hit one button and everything is taken care of. So it's yeah. as you said, Jacob, it's ambitious, but you know maybe a little bit too much than it should have been. No, I did find I did find it neat how it affects the handling and the performance of your character, mm -hmm. though. Mm -hmm. um, so, the lack of UI, I think, in general, uh, yeah. all all uh, for the sake of uh, immersion. Uh, but there's so many issues, uh, and it introduces a level of challenge that isn't always the most that doesn't always feel the most fair or 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 balanced. So the the health is one thing, but also you need to start start counting your your uh, shots of your yeah. <laughs> of your weapons because there's no ammo indicator or anything like that. Once you you know once the game introduces firearms and um, I love the, that though. Be, there's there's no there's no crosshair on the screen, so you actually need to stop and manually aim, which is fine actually uh, for this type of game. Uh, but there's also uh, no indicator when you're you you really need to center on objects if you want to interact with them, which can be very finicky and panicked moments. You know, like uh, hitting a save point or like bolting or unbolting doors. You really need to put that bolt bolt in the center of your screen uh, screen. Um, so it's it 
introduces uh, it, it makes the game feel somewhat imprecise and finicky in a, yeah. in a lot of situations I love the the one thing I do love is the the ammo counter though the not being there because when I'm yeah. when I'm shooting at an enemy and I'm not paying attention I, I honestly never paid attention to how many bullets I was firing and then he starts clicking like nope 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 you know there's no yeah. bullets coming out that would add an, an extra sense of tension for me like I have all right I gotta start running away or I find some cover and then reload and true yeah but otherwise yeah I would agree it's it's I think I, I on one point I really respect how they commit to it it's like top to bottom. There's no yeah. nothing on the screen unless you want subtitles. That's it. Um, I think the 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 biggest issue that the lack of UI introduces is when it comes to the the hardcore stealth bits when yeah, you don't have weapons, yeah. because there there's no indicators. There's yeah. no indication. Like yeah. it's it it sort of plays like Thief, where you have to stay in the shadows not yep. to be seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Thief had. Uh, a handy um, indication whether you're visible or invisible right so you don't get that here and it seems very random where when uh, enemies will spot you or not uh, yeah. yeah there's no it yeah the lack of UI is in in this case really introduces a low readability of uh, where you are in the world and yeah you know, what 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 your situation is so sometimes you see like an enemy that's really far away, like across a chasm, and then all of a sudden he starts screaming, "He's over there!" Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, and, the, and and you're getting swarmed. Stealth, so yeah, st- stealth games live and die by um, how well they communicate information yeah. to the player, yeah. and I, I I don't think this game communicates information yeah. well in that yeah. regard. I I do think the stealth works in the earlier sections of the yeah, game yeah. simply because um being caught is fine um you can actually most of the time run out of the situation and it kind of yeah. adds adds to the enjoyment like mm-hmm. of of those encounters, I agree with that as well. It's not a, it's not an insta fail or anything. Yeah, when you get spotted, you right. can but, ru- run run away and uh, try to find a hiding spot somewhere. Yeah, but later on, um, <laughs> so um, I should have issued a spoiler warning for this, but uh, here's your spoiler warning now. Later on, when you're you know um, in the uh, kind of Devil's Reef area, going you know starting to go into Yahal Nilif, however you pronounce it. That was my attempt. No, that's it. You nailed it. Uh, yeah, 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 I nailed it. Um, yeah. Tough uh, to follow. There, there, are, there are sections where you're you're disarmed and you have to affect. You know, you have to stealth through that area. And mm-hmm. there's so much verticality in those areas where enemies are distributed. You know, all over the place. It just it, it that's when the stealth kind of fell apart to me, especially yeah. because the enemies there are much more heavily armed than they are here, um, and um, it did feel like being discovered was close to, if not actually, an instant fail. Um, and yeah, it, it's it's one of those elements that I, I and to be honest with you, the, the, a, a lot of my opinions on this game are, are, are largely like this. Is one of those elements where I really liked it earlier on, but as the game progressed, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It, it starts to become weaker and weaker. And actually, just going back to your point, Sean, on the the lack of ammo count on the guns, mm-hmm. like absolutely earlier on when the game feels much more like a survival horror, yeah. Um, yeah. That worked for me because the tension of click, 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 oh, God, mm. I have to reload, that was great. Uh, but then, like, you're 
being swarmed by uh, loads of enemies at once, right, and, it, and it, yeah. you know, it it, it it does just become an action game at a certain point. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. That doesn't work for me anymore because I need that information to deal yeah. with the amount of enemies yeah. it's throwing at me. Yeah, this is this is the part where I admit that after, if I had a gun, I would not even attempt to stealth. You know, yeah, if yeah. if I had a gun, I was just gonna shoot my way through because yeah. he's he's so slow. Yeah. I mean, he's, <laughs> yeah. he is yeah. slow when you're not in in stealth mode, yeah. and when you are in stealth mode, it feels like you're barely moving. And and I would kind of attempt that and get caught regardless. And so it was like you know, I feel like the mark of a good stealth system is like if I have options and I choose to kind of try to get by unscathed. And in this. I just I just made no attempt. <laughs> there were some sections uh in uh Iantle <laughs> yeah. where um that was my attempt where um you only have a you only have a rifle and you haven't picked up the rest of your weaponry yet and I've noticed that I started running out of ammo very fast. Um where I started knifing people in the back because my shots would also alarm to deep ones. And whereas the regular enemies give up very qu- uh, very quickly when they don't cannot spot you instantly, the deep ones felt like they were chasing me throughout the whole environment, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. So I didn't want to alert them at all until I had some good position and some, uh, some better weapons later on. Um, so, yeah, I started sneaking around and, and knifing. Uh, uh, yeah, the the uh, the hybrid fish people in the back, which was surprisingly effective as well. well one of the one of the other elements um, of the gameplay that I, I do I did really enjoy, um, and this this some of this was in Innsmouth, um, especially in the early part where you're just walking around. Um, but I think it really becomes apparent in the later sections. So the the marsh gold refinery and um uh, on the ship and and devil's reef and and uh, the final the final area um is the kind of puzzle box nature of the environments mm-hmm. um uh it it does feel like there's like a looping uh level design um yeah. and it reminds me a lot of resident evil in a good way um yeah. like the the first one i mean um where you're you're just dropped in this location and there is a path that you have to go but part of it is just kind of you know letting you explore find the keys find the items that you mm-hmm. need to unlock the per- the path forward but like having you kind of loop through the level and come back to earlier areas and stuff i was like genuinely really impressed with like the the level design throughout the game um the esoteric order of dagon mention is especially good at that and uh mm -hmm. uh, the the last uh, area ayantlai also actually i found it very interesting how i all of a sudden found myself in areas that i've in my mind were far remote from where I was Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it did uh I think the the kind of depending on the the size of the area and the design and kind of determined if I like them or not like I Mm -hmm. I really love the ship I think partially because of the environment that you were in but also because it was a very compact space and it was pretty readable but like the refinery I just felt like stretched on forever and I really had a hard time kind of wrapping my mind around 
the different floors and the, yeah. and the different sections you were in. And, uh, and so I also just, felt that enemies were resp- spawning a lot. Yeah, the, yes, uh, I'm, uh, I'm sure they did. Yeah, because areas you thought you wiped clear clear of enemies, and all of a sudden there was a guy running around yeah, there, which again, is like you know? a cardinal sin in a game that gives you limited ammo. Like to yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. <laughs> I mean, we, we might as well get into it. I, I I actually think the Marsh Gold Refinery is the weakest area of the game. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if you no, guys agree. agree with me. Um, probably yeah i i think even though like i really like some of the like i said the the looping nature of like the puzzles and like figuring out how to get the uh the moving platform working and all that stuff i like that but like yeah the environment's really boring just yeah, from an aesthetic yeah. uh, aesthetic there are, some, there are some good bits in it again though like yeah. for example the, the Shoggoth escape sequence is very panic inducing again the, the thing ah. is like <laughs> the Shoggoth I was really disappointed with um, because they took something that in Lovecraftian mythos is this creature that is unimaginable it's it's it just drives you instantly insane just to look at mm. it and it does do a bit of that mm. but it's the boss bat it's it's like a zelda boss where it's just do the thing <laughs> and the thing <laughs> yeah. will activate and then it will it's get like electric- more, more like an environmental hazard when you think yeah. about it yeah, yeah and it's yeah. like you just you just suck it down a drain you know it's like yeah it's like this incomprehensible monster and it and it seems like it was like well it wasn't prepared for i don't know getting shocked and then flushed down a toilet yeah (laughs) Yeah. there's a little little bit of that but um i like to point out that uh, a lot of the in a lot of the um cosmic horror of lovecraft and a lot of the mythos these the, the the incomprehensible creatures are by far not immortal uh, in the, in a, lo- a lot of stories. I mean, they have wars amongst each other where they, they kill each other as well. Mm. Uh, and even when you... Like, for example, just uh, going into the a little bit more, uh, you, you fight Dagon, Father Dagon, on board the ship, right? And you pump three uh, shells from the cannon into him. It's never really stated that he's dead. He's, ju- he he's just, just backing off, right, you know? yeah. 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 Right. Well, and I and I liked that because I felt like it was more, you know, that felt like oh my gosh, you're using this enormous cannon. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the 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 firepower that he's absorbing is yeah. vast. Gives but, him a but headache. The Shogoth, yeah, just didn't <laughs> didn't really work in the same way. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, true. Also, the refinery brought up. Um, for the most part, uh, the, the checkpoints are a real problem. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll just say it. There, there were many sections where you could die almost immediately with very little warning. You mm-hmm. know, there was there was that thing where you kind of had to like turn on the gas to open the door, and then I felt like I was pretty far away from the door, but it blew up and oh, I died, right, yeah. and I had yeah, to yeah. go back like I don't know, fifteen minutes. Yeah. Like it was it was a yeah. lot. Or when you release all the gas and all of a sudden you're you, when you don't make it out of that room fast enough, you have to do that whole sequence all over again. Yeah, it, the, there's a lot of that in this game. Um, one of the one of the things that drove me mad towards the end of the game in the Devil's Reef, where the platforms kind of fall under you, oh, and yeah. it took me longer than I'd like to admit <laughs> to get the timing right, and. Because the checkpoint is all the way back 
to where you last saved. Like that's a long section and a cutscene that I can't skip. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. over and over and over again. And is that uh, in, in the PC, PC version? In the X original Xbox version, you can actually skip all well, cutscenes by pressing the back button um, uh, on the controller. Maybe, maybe I'm mistaken. Well, I, it's inconsistent I, I on PC. Like some scenes, you can totally just hit backspace and it'll skip, and some scenes you yeah. absolutely cannot. So it's it's yeah, it's odd. I don't know. I think why. in the, the Xbox version, at least all the longer scenes you could skip. There might it might be some very short cues that yeah. are unskippable. And but, uh, honestly, yeah. on PC, there are plenty of times where I tried to skip a cutscene and it would crash the desktop so that's also a <laughs> <Yeah>. thing <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and um yeah I, I mean i'm not i'm not against instant death in horror games mm-hmm. i know that's unpopular but i think it's the fact it's the fact that there were so many kind of like set piece instant deaths where it was just like oh do the thing otherwise you'll die and we just sprung this on you out of nowhere that frustrated me (laughs) um at least with alien isolate like alien isolation you know when you're gonna die like you know exactly the moment when you screwed up yeah yeah there's there's at least a tell that you can hear or see in a game like alien isolation whereas it's not in this game at all but you know i'm curious to think like or I, i sometimes like to think at least that you know, we had to have games like Call of Cthulhu to get to Alien Isolation. Like, we had to <laughs> experiment with the idea that there's no UI here so that we can say, well, it didn't totally work. And, you know, yeah. I don't know how, I don't know, like, maybe I'm putting more um, influence on this game than it really has. But, I, you know, I don't know. I like to think that. No, I think I think in many ways it was very very forward thinking. Mm-hmm. I mean, even you know, like the counting bullets thing that mm-hmm. returned in um, in Condemned Criminal yep. Origins. Yep. You know, I yep. loved like having to check the ammo and yep. stuff. So I felt like the fact that there's no mini map, you know, that yeah. you have to develop yeah. like this this kind of mental image of where you are. Mm-hmm. A lot of these things, I think, did trickle down into <laughs> games that it was done more effectively. Right? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I always saw uh, Amnesia and maybe Penumbra yep. before that mm-hmm. also as direct descendants of this game. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, Especially yeah. the, the, the first half of the game where you don't have any weapons, of yeah, course. Yeah. And there's the same sort of sanity twisting, yep. image mm-hmm. distorting, warbling uh, effects going on. We, we might as well talk, as you brought it up, Mikhail, let's, let's talk about the uh, insanity system. Um, just because I think the, the Shogoth, we've talked about the Shogoth and that very much plays into it. Um, uh, how, how do we feel about it? Because um, I, I have mixed feelings about it. Because I think in terms of, um, as an idea, I really love it, and it's certainly shown up in um, other games where I've really liked it. Um, mm-hmm. You've already brought up Eternal Darkness, and uh, mm-hmm. I think Amnesia is probably my favorite mm-hmm. example of it. Fahrenheit. I just, yeah, far, oh yeah, Fahrenheit. <laughs> um, but I, I was, I think the thing that disappointed me most was the visual side of this. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that, you know. Um, heights make him go a yeah. little bit insane. I like mm. that things that Jack are afraid afraid of makes him go a little bit insane. I like that just staring at monsters, even the low-level ones, causes mm-hmm. this to go off. I wish it did more than just make the screen wobble. Um, <laughs> well, there there is different, a lot of different screen uh, distorting effects uh, in it. Um, Again, maybe there's a, uh, there's a discrepancy between the original Xbox version and the, and the PC port. Mm. Uh, but there's this sort of 
effect where the the screen goes all swimmy basically yep. mm-hmm. yeah yeah, uh, yeah. And, and there there's an effect where it screws with your field of vision and everything can become tilted and mm-hmm. things start really blurring out of control yeah uh, but sound, like sound it, effects play into that as well you 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 absolutely, there isn't a discrepancy you 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 do get all of that in the pc version but for me like all of that is just like I'm I'm dizzy and I'm yeah, and I'm yeah. like losing focus on things. Else. Whereas like I wanted like ants crawling over the screen and, and stuff <laughs> right, like that, which thing. is yeah. what amnesia I want, does. Yeah. I want my ants. I, uh, I just I, I just I just think like especially like Eternal Darkness, like that's a really creative example yeah. of this. For um, sure, and uh, it's yeah, just it, was, it, it didn't really go anywhere. But did yeah. you play with mouse and keyboard? I did. Yeah, yes. there, are, right? there aren't any controller yeah. options on PC. Yeah, so when you play with the controller, also the it does a lot of stuff with uh, very weird and heart pounding uh, vibration. Oh, the, that's the cool. oh, as well. Wow, okay, yeah, so that also re- really plays into it. Yeah. yeah, I do have to say the the fact that it seemed like Jack's number one fear was heights. Yeah, you know, it was like it was like monsters, deep ones, everything else secondary. And there's that thing where you have to you have to like walk over the kind of burning church area or whatever Mm -hmm. and it's like first person platforming when the screen is you know completely unstable it was just like it was fine but then i had to i died at some point after it and i ended up having to do that platforming section many times (laughs) and it was just like come on yeah and you need to you need to see where you walk right so you need to watch down and and it also it feels a bit inconsistent like well not a bit inconsistent it feels a lot inconsistent honestly because like when you're looking down of course that triggers it every time but there are sequences where i'll be rocking around and i don't see what's happening but obviously something is in the environment that's making him lose his mind um but i just can't tell what it is so like it was just even even being uh, hurt or shot causes his uh yeah and and, and staying staying uh, wounded will will work on your sanity a little bit too yeah it just felt. It just. I, I wish it was a little bit more consistent. It's, you could take morphine as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I never nev- did, almost never use it. Yeah. It's my uh, casual drug abuse uh, <laughs> stat at the end <laughs> yeah. of the game. Uh, but it's. Uh, it helps with uh, holding your your weapon still, for example, uh, when you're oh. when you're going haywire. I I think I think for me with the with the insanity system and part of it. Part of the reason why um, that stuff, where he 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 goes completely mad, just looking down from you know a, mm-hmm. a staircase or what have you. The reason why it bothers me is like Jack's a hardened detective. Like okay, he's not he's not you know Leon S. Kennedy survive Raccoon City type veteran. I, I get that, but. He is a homicide detective. He has seen, you know, horrors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just find it really hard to believe that looking down would bother him that much. Um, Maybe it's like, a legit phobia that he has. No, but but then it seems it seems like he's so much more bothered, you know, by heights than by the deep ones or anything. 
<laughs> I think it I think it would have worked better for me. Well, I mean the answer is like the, the better version of this is I'm sorry to keep bringing it up, but amnesia where you're afraid of the dark. Um like that that works better for me because that plays into that scenario where it's like, you know, seeing the creature um drives you insane but also Mm -hmm. the methods of obscuring it and and not seeing it also drive you insane so it kind of simultaneously um like that i don't know the fear of the dark makes more sense to me um in that context because you can't see the threats coming towards you you can't see the monsters coming towards you but also you don't want to see them so that's that that's that weird contrast that that game that game uh, mm. balances whereas with this it's just like oh yeah you're looking down that's really that's worse than all the things that you've seen so far it's just it's a bit weird that's all I think the worst part where, uh, part where you really go freaking insane and where it's actually because there when you go too insane Jack will end his life right that never happened to me but the closest I've come was in that room um, under the marsh refinery with the Cthulhu statue he mm. goes absolutely mental there. Um, but, yeah. And 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 um yeah, that's the that that's the part where you, it's legit risky uh where you can uh yeah, and you can lose your life there if you don't solve the puzzle quickly. That 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 I appreciated because that that's like a moment of that's like a fan fictiony thing because in the, yeah, in the and it, cool... it's like he's he's sorting peering at the cosmic dread of it all right. at that yeah, moment yeah. there, you know? Yeah, because yeah. because in because in the Call of Cthulhu uh, story, like d- depictions of Cthulhu also have an effect on people. Mm-hmm. So the yeah. fact that even this statue, like it, it felt like a nice nod. To fans yeah. of fans of the the source material, yeah, the way um, Lovecraft de- de- describes statue statues and even architecture as already enough to drive mm-hmm. somebody uh, off a cliff, uh, that that really ties into that. Um, so, yeah, I was, I mean, it, I, the insanity effects felt a little bit limiting, but uh, I f- do feel and that for the time at least. It looks kind of impressive, you know, uh, just yeah. to, just the, yeah. the effects uh, by uh, by themselves for uh, for a game of two thousand five that has been uh, in development for such a yeah. long time. Ultimately, I just appreciate that it's there. Um, yeah, like it, it feels like it fits. Like you know, a, a game about Cthulhu or Lovecraft in general should have some kind of sanity system. I would think, um, mm. you know, whether or not they nailed it here, I don't know, but. At mm. least it's yeah. cool that that they thought of it and tried to implement it somehow. Maybe we can also because we haven't re- we spoke about some of the locales, but the art direction in general and uh, the visuals. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. it's also good to talk a little bit about that. Um, same CRT song and dance and uh, the original <laughs> Xbox version, but it uh, the, just the the black levels and the contrast. Uh, if you play it on a CRT with the Xbox version, obscures just how crummy a lot of the environments <laughs> and the models mm. look. Actually, mm. uh, so it's it's. I've I've, I've watched some uh, some YouTube playthroughs on the PC version, and we I also played at a friend's house when I brought my Xbox along on his flat screen HD uh, screen, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's it's a it's a literal night and day difference. Uh, the game m- looks much 
much better and more effective at uh, all, uh, when you use older technology. Yeah, <laughs> arcane technology. <laughs> I, 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 I think the visuals for me were. I mean, mostly. I, I think mostly I was underwhelmed, um, mm-hmm. but it was it was weirdly inconsistent because there were moments where I felt, wow, that's actually really effective. Like when the when the Shogoth first appears in full view, and mm-hmm. it just yeah. soaks the the roof of the building, and yeah. then yeah. the the eyes appear like the the way it's described in Lovecraft's work, like bubbles kind of forming and unforming, like. That was really good piece of animation and and, uh, mm-hmm. and effects work and and what have it what have you, but yeah. then like you see the regular townsfolk just waddling around and they just <laughs> look so robotic and stiff, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. and yeah and yeah like and the animation like more than anything like I think the art direction is actually really strong throughout. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just the it's let down by movement the way yeah. like yeah. the the deep ones move and the way the the townsfolk move and yeah. and weirdly kind of like it has that like lower jaw flappy thing that you yeah. see in a lot yeah. of early games um in the kind of ps2 uh ps1 kind of era um yeah it's just it's it's really rough yeah, I had um I had that same kind of like surprisingly good moment I think on the um on the ship which was after two pretty underwhelming levels with the refinery and then the the assault on Innsmouth. Mm-hmm. Um there's that thing when you're on the ship and there are the huge waves coming yeah. from yeah, from yeah. the the witches on shore and yeah. it, and it was amazing. I mean like you know I think partially to the sound design as well mm-hmm. but like I really felt like the ship was going up and over these kind of like perfect storm level yeah, yeah. <laughs> waves and it was it was so unexpected because honestly I had just like like the bar was so low in my head. I was like I guess they kind of ran out of budget after the first level and then <laughs> And then there was this, you know, this really well animated, really effective thing. And then that was kind of it. And then we went on and it didn't seem like it really reached that level of quality again. Yeah. Um, let's let's talk about the enemies in the game. Um, uh, for me, they are one of the weakest parts of the game. Um, just from an AI standpoint, yeah. um, Mikhail, I know you have some opinions on this, but like the yeah, the a- AI is, the- is pretty much immersion breaking uh, at points. I was in a there was a part in the fish cannery where uh, there's a whole bit where it's it's uh, th- throughout the cannery, which is kind of like a stealth route throughout the shadows. Instead of that. I would just fire off a gun into the, the, the cannery indoor section and they would come running towards me, but they wouldn't step over the threshold <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. completely lose sight of where I was. So they were staring in my face like, where is he? Where yeah. is he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I could just like pick them off and uh, and gun them down. It's like a, an AI threshold right yeah. there, you know? So th- th- there's a lot of that. Uh, like enemies spot you and immediately lose you again while you're in, in front of their face and... Just the way they move around uh, during combat makes uh, yeah it, it it takes away much of the tension of the game. I feel. 
I thought uh, we've mentioned a couple times how late you get weapons in this and, and you're playing for a long time completely unarmed. And and that moment when you do get a gun was actually pretty striking to me because it seemed it seemed like there were, you know, these characters who were wandering around Innsmouth weren't named, but it did seem like they were discreet. You know, that there were like just five or six different characters mm-hmm. who had been following you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so making that choice to start killing them was like, oh, this is, you know, this is a turning point. Like, I'm actually I'm actually killing characters here, not just enemies. Yeah. Uh, but that but that feeling very quickly yeah. went away <laughs> when then you realize that there were just, you know, dozens of kind of the same the same models who would yeah. do basically the same thing. Uh, to be fair, Resident Evil Five has uh, this, all the same villagers mm-hmm. coming back again. Uh, yeah, again but as well. you know, I think I think the fact that you didn't start killing them, you know, I spent yeah. so much time yeah. just walking around Innsmouth and talking to people mm-hmm. that it felt more, it felt more kind of like real when it started before kind of falling sure. into yeah. the typical shooter convention. Yeah, I do feel uh, you know a lot of a lot of negativity around this game is based around the the combat, um, but I do feel it was a cathartic moment that fi- finally yeah, that moment yeah. where I could grab yeah, a gun absolutely. and I felt felt like I could actually defend myself. Yeah. Um, and the the combat, you know, it never fe- actually feels like a first person shooter. It ne- never has that uh, zippiness uh, and that yeah. sort of. Uh, superhuman like qualities uh that you have in many fps's that yeah. not even doom but even your call of duties and everything you know the way you move around and can shoot from the hip yeah. is completely unnatural but yeah. here if you shoot from the hip you basically miss you, you're wasting mm-hmm. ammo yeah. uh in most cases at least yeah. so when you so when you have to st- actually take down an enemy you're forced a la resident evil to stop at the spot and aim and shoot mm-hmm. um which introduces at least some levels of tension, and enemies are quick to shoot as well at mm-hmm. you. So, it you you really have to pick your positions where it's kind of safe, from where you can fire without taking too much damage yourself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and if there's one thing I say in favor of the shooty bits is that the weapons feel suitably powerful. Yeah, uh, I'd agree. The 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 the. the Drawback is that shooting an enemy doesn't ha- have much of an immediate effect on them. They start slumping. They start. They are affected by uh, the impacts of your of your bullets. Mm-hmm. But it's not like there's a real bodily reaction on them. This mm-hmm. was f- way before uh, a lot of intricate physics uh, systems, of course, in rock star games and stuff. Uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. So th- there, there's that. But you just just the feeling of hitting an enemy isn't very satisfying mm-hmm. or convincing but just the, the firing the weapons by itself felt felt uh, felt quite good i felt yeah decent enough sound effects on the on the guns that's they're a little repetitive but i mean the the rifles the gun sounds pretty good and and um yeah yeah and it's it's kind of intentional i think that it's it never feels like a, a true to life uh first oh sure yeah he's not a, he's yeah. not a yeah. uh he's not a soldier or anything but i, I will th- it's a little immersion breaking that this regular joe can carry what is it? Nine guns <laughs> all together, and then eventually the this game's version of the BFG. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and it was it was very frustrating from a story perspective that that the enemies you were fighting were just shooting you with yeah, guns. Yeah, yeah, up definitely. until the end. It's yeah. like when you're when you're 
you know, on Devil's Reef and in these, you know, incredible carved tunnels, yeah. and they're still just Tommy using guns. What, rifles. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, yeah, it's just it felt so stupid. It yeah. was like you couldn't you couldn't even kind of add like a magic effect well, or something like that. Yeah, it just the, it's the one guy is there are the, sor- the sorcerers that use magic attacks. Yeah, and there's right. and there's yeah, the they're, they're so very late in rare. The game. Yeah, yeah, so late in the yeah. game, and, and the one boss that uh, what is it? One of the marshes he can pull you towards him, and that that part was kind of cool. I think at the same time that's the only thing that kept fighting uh, Cthulhu uh, monstrosities sort of believable because you're fighting like these half-breed fish people that are still very much, you know, uh, people from Innsmouth. Um, that's a good so, point. Yeah, so if if that wouldn't be the case, it wouldn't make sense to be having a lot to be having a lot of uh, firefights. So I'm not I'm not that that mad at it hmm. yeah and, and 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 i'm not too bothered by the fact that he can wield so many weapons just because i've had to make that uh uh you know leap break that immersion so, so many, many times yeah, so many so many yeah. games um yeah. Like yeah. A- yeah, alien isolate really. we, we've we've compared this this game with Alien Isolation a lot during this recording, and um, like that game does that as well, where mm-hmm. like Amanda is basically uh, got like a backpack of uh, <laughs> yeah. ver- of various different weapons, yeah. and like interestingly, like like the combat in this game I would compare to Alien Isolation in that it has like a similar kind of awkward ish mm-hmm. feel, but it works. Like mm-hmm. I I I I too kind of. I like the way the shooting feels. I just wish the combat encounters were more interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, for sure. It, it's not the mechanics. That's, what, that's that, where, it, where it falls. Yeah, it's not feels, the mechanics yeah. themselves that let the game down. It's it's the enemy design and the encounter design that let it down instead. A lot of the flaws in this game come down to the uh, enemy AI, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Um. So we we've talked about the the regular enemies. We have um talked uh, about some of the kind of boss encounters throughout the game. We've already touched on Dagon and and the Shogoth. Um but are there any other kind of encounters that kind of stand out for you guys? Just any favorites or any lowlights for you guys? Well, I I got to say I, I, it's a it's a high point for me that there's not a boss fight in this game against Cthulhu. I kind of appreciate that he yeah. doesn't show up. Yeah. I mean, his name's in the title. You're expecting it this whole time. And probably, I bet he would have shown up in the sequel or something. But I, I, I kind of like that he doesn't appear. He doesn't. Yeah, yeah he bec- He's still this sort of, uh, yeah, his only presence is uh, in the form of uh, chants and, mm-hmm. uh, and statues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, He remains a mystery throughout, which I do I appreciate. It would make a lot of sense also uh, if you... Look at the Lovecraft universe to to have, to have seen him pop yeah. up there. Yeah, 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 and to just to have him pop up there in the uh, in the Innsmouth uh, area. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is kind of hilarious how there's a Shogoth in the sewers of uh, <laughs> and Massachusetts, the, 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 the refinery of, <laughs> yeah. uh, of Massachusetts, yeah. where they're they're only supposed to be uh, in the Antarctic somewhere. I what also and this is also interesting if you uh read lovecraft stories the the flying polyp enemies yeah. of the uh mm-hmm. of the of the yithians uh, that appear under the the, the broken trap doors uh, in their in their prison that part was uh, pretty unsettling uh, yeah, when I, those yeah, things are when suitably I went like seeing those looking. things pop out in front of you mm-hmm. and start screaming like mad yeah. at you they were really nasty yeah. i did 
that was that was a part that I felt suffered from the the lack of a, a HUD of any kind because you you only damage them if that thing is fully, fully charged, charged. Yeah. your BFG. Yeah. But but they reacted if you know, yeah. if you shot them regardless. Yeah. And so I just felt like I sat there for you know, for minutes just kind of blasting away and nothing happened and eventually <laughs> I kind of had to look up and it, it was has like, the oh. only effect that you interrupt their screaming and their sucking right, uh, yeah. when you right. shoot shoot them in a uh, without a full charge, yeah. Um and also that part was horrible, uh, uh, you know, just trying to, after you've defeated them, trying to get out without falling to your death yeah. <laughs> and yeah, then having, yeah. having to do the whole boss fight over again. I also felt the final boss fight was uh, kind of interesting with the uh, the water uh, the channels and flipping yeah. the switches and taking possession of the deep ones. Yeah. Yeah, and the fact that you had to, like, deafen yourself, that was, that was kind of interesting. Yeah. It's kind of weird yeah. that they had a gong there, but I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that they would just open themselves up to possession. Right, yeah. Like, you know, we set up this system that d- serves no benefit to us, but would yeah. definitely help someone who wants to try and stop us. Yeah. Um, it, was a, it, was a, it was a ceremonial thing, and the only thing it really uh, did, okay. actually, was uh, was block out Jack's own hearing, so he couldn't hear the screaming of Hydra, which yeah. uh, got him out of his concentration. He needed his concentration to sort of start possessing yeah. the deep ones. It's a cool puzzle, oh, but right. it just okay. seems... Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of strange, and it's a it's a little bit mystifying why he can possess deep ones uh, at that point as well. The, the game doesn't really explain it. Yeah, until, but Jack it is later, Jack is no though. normal normal yeah. human being. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and in fact, throughout the whole game, all those flashes sections yeah. where you where you flashes where you look out of somebody else's eyes and looking out on the scenery, you think you're be, you're being stalked by some creature, but it's actually some sort of out of body experience of right, uh, yeah. of Jack himself. Right, and it seemed it seemed like the the gameplay was just so stale by the end mm-hmm. that I was like, you know, this this is an interesting concept, but they introduce it for you know just a couple yeah. minutes at the at the end of the game, and and I appreciate that it was kind of out of nowhere, but it just it felt like it really could have provided some variety earlier yeah. when I was yeah. just kind of bored out of my mind. Yeah, or that you already get introduced to the concept of possessing those deep ones mm-hmm. earlier yeah. on for for some puzzles smart. or something, and then and yeah. then it would return in full force for the boss fight. Yeah. yeah, I feel like we've covered a lot of the the gameplay stuff in this game. We we were kind of we started out talking about the story, um, <laughs> yeah, but I think we should um, bring ourselves back to that again. Um, so the the way the game plays out, um, you, you start off in Innsmouth and then um, uh, you raid the, the Marsh Gold Refinery and then basically the, the government uh, goes on a full-on assault of Innsmouth. Yeah. It's also funny how you get picked up by the FBI and tortured by J. Edgar Hoover. Yeah. Forces you to return to the hellhole of Innsmouth. Yeah. Oh my god. I mean that was that was maybe the funniest kind of gaming <laughs> moment that I had in a while of just just the idea that like J. Edgar Hoover is dealing with you directly. <laughs> yeah. He comes yeah. along on this like six guy raid of the refinery <laughs> and there, and there's a moment where you're like you're like climbing down an elevator cable and he sticks his head into the elevator shaft and is like, We've wired the place to blow in twenty minutes <laughs> And it's just like J. Edgar Hoover, why why is he the one doing this? 
Yeah. And uh, yeah, and then he he leaves the plot entirely. He's just like, oh, okay, bye bye. My work here is done. Yeah. <laughs> My work here is done. I, um, I guess that guy got on a ship. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like uh, there's, there's some other characters that we we haven't talked about. Um, Rebecca Lawrence, who I felt like was going to be a big deal. Like the way she's introduced, yeah, she, like she's yeah. like a. She's very much like a noir femme fatale mm-hmm. type archetype, um, yeah. and but then she's quickly killed off, like really close to the beginning of the game. And yeah, um, yeah it was just it felt odd because like it felt she felt like like not the not the decision to kill her, but just the decision to kill her that early yeah. felt like I was investing. They were investing a lot into her only to. Yeah. Have yeah. it not really pay off in any meaningful and way? It, and it comes with one of Jack Wal- uh, Jack Walters's most uh, terribly red lights. She's dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think for me that that kind of helped the help or that kind of furthered the helplessness for me of like, okay, finally I have someone with me who's like on my level. Yeah. And, you know, I kind of had him with the drunkard, but he's just hammered, so I'm not going to deal with him. But here, here's this one person, I guess, kind of besides Mackie. Um, but who's kind of with me, and then like this, she's immediately taken out, and that and it's like for me that felt like oh god, yeah. here I'm back on my own again. Yeah, felt yeah. like another uh, yeah, like uh, you introduced to more desperation. Exactly. Yeah, moment. I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I also found it weird how quickly Brian Burnham and Ruth Billingham yeah. just don't matter um, <laughs> yeah. for the rest of the yeah. plot. Like considering how important they are, both of them mm-hmm. for the setup. Uh, yeah. Eventually, they just disappear. Like r- there's a there's well, a they, point. They basically well, they, they basically die right, in the burning yeah, car yeah. wreckage right after you've saved Ruth. And there's an option: you can e- either lose Ruth, she can get shot death, or you can save her. But in the end, she still dies. Mm. But it matters whether you initially save her for your completion rate at the end, mm. and uh, it, it affects your. The completion rate, as long as as well as the time and the amount of saves, affects the ending that you that you get. So there are certain bits in it that uh, mm-hmm. sort of have a yeah have an effect on the ending. Yeah, and um, one one of the the other characters, one of the antagonists that we um, we've skirted around, um, we've talked about his brother Robert Marsh, who kind of just becomes significant towards the end of the game, and you have a boss battle with him where he just you know uses telekinesis but his brother sebastian marsh is uh he's he's interesting uh like <laughs> he's he he's indistinguishable from any of the other townsfolk yeah. apart from <laughs> yeah. the the clothes he's wearing he has the exact same kind of voice mm-hmm. uh, performance as everyone else but he's <laughs> he's played as like this significant piece in the chess game of this <laughs> game's plot and it just feels like he's a he's just a nothing character in the large scheme of things i don't know if you guys disagree but uh, they tried to set up a sort of situation where robert marsh is the the, ze- the zealot cult leader mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, sebastian is the more pragmatic out of the two uh he's he's, tra- he's trying to run more of a yeah, I guess a bioterrorist operation, uh, or something to that effect, and they uh, yeah they have a a very um, emphasized falling out at the end, and uh, Sebastian tries to kill Robert, and Robert kills him instead. 
Yeah, and I I remember watching that and just thinking like, wh- why does this matter? You know, it's just <laughs> yeah, like yeah. I didn't I didn't feel invested in that plot line in any way, and it didn't really seem like it uh, aided the themes of the game. You know, it seemed it it just kind of seemed like oh we're gonna have a, a fight between brothers in here, <laughs> totally removed <laughs> from all of the you know all of the Lovecraftian horror mm-hmm. that was going on. Yeah, for me it just added a little bit of flavor. I didn't mind it much. I didn't. Yeah, it's. I don't. I'm not sure if it was meant as something that you had to be invested in, but it added just a tiny bit of character to the whole thing to me. Okay, so um, you have that boss fight with Hydra that we mentioned. You escape the facility by going through a portal. Um, you end up with. You end up with J. Edgar Hoover again at the very end, I believe that yeah. is. Yeah. Who immediately commit you to the asylum. Yeah, <laughs> you go straight to Arkham Asylum again. And then then you, you kind of get a series of endings. I don't know which one is first, so for, I've forgotten. Uh, but the, there's you have a vision with uh, the Yeef again, um, mm-hmm. yeah. where you ha- the, basically they, they talk to you. And I assume this is what actually happened when you first met them, where they warn you yeah. of great mm-hmm. forces coming to to uh take over the world and what have you so there's some clarity of as to what actually happened with that encounter that's finally revealed so it's like your character was destined to deal with this situation yeah um but then you you at the game ends with how the game started basically with uh uh you attempting to commit suicide in Arkham Asylum and successfully yeah. committing yeah. suicide. Um, so, yeah, so, so I, I thought originally when playing this game that that suicide attempt was during your your first visit to Arkham Asylum. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually, yeah. that was a... Uh, that was a flash forward yeah, of what happens yeah. at the very end of the game, and then obviously you have that that book that um, that talks about yeah, basically diary, signs yeah. off about the dark corners of the earth. Yeah. Um, so what what do we think of the the ending? Do we like it? It's very fitting of the uh, yeah. Lovecraft myth- mythos. Everybody ends yeah. up insane and dies or kills themselves in uh, yep. in those games or in those games in those books, I should say, in those stories. Yeah, I don't. I don't think a happy ending would have fit um, his story. I think uh, either him staying insane or or committing suicide. I think both of them work. Um, it's a bit. It's a bit easy, but I mean, it's it's it, as he said, it's fitting. Yeah, I do wish. I just. I wish we had more of a a lead up to it because despite despite the kind of wobbly screen and whatever jack seemed fine you know at the Mm -hmm. at the end of the gameplay like Mm -hmm. you know he was able to possess the deep ones and and like that's neat and he didn't seem particularly disturbed by that um and then and then he's insane and it just kind of seems like two completely independent character beats where i really would have liked to to play play him kind of getting yeah, to that point i think yeah. i think it's uh they, sh- they could have done a lot exactly like you say jacob uh in sort of letting him slowly go off the deep end mm-hmm. more and more and um you know it was probably tricky to have a, a different reading of doors not opening or uninteresting things on desks uh depending <laughs> on your mental state but they could mm-hmm. have just for effect sort of make those 
uh observations more, more unhinged more unhinged uh the yeah. further you get uh through throughout the game to emphasize that yeah uh yeah so there's some definitely yeah. some missed opportunities there yeah i think they do try with with uh having you repeatedly see ramona yeah um throughout the game but again he doesn't actually say anything during any of those sequences he just sees it and like yeah. you know maybe like the music will kick in a little bit here but he doesn't like you're saying jacob he doesn't really you don't hear him like you don't hear it affecting him yeah you kind of just see it right so, yeah so it's like weird they tried to but is is there anything else you guys want to talk about the game specifically because there were there were some puzzles we can talk about the puzzles briefly yeah some some of them were interesting and i liked solving them some of them seemed uh I, boy i entered a lot of numbers on safes <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, the the earlier one with the safe was uh, quite clever. How you had to work out the combination, mm-hmm. thinking, yeah. looking at a newspaper to to define the date and going by uh, Thomas's, uh, um, yeah, uh, diary. His oh. yeah, his diary uh, to figure yeah. out what what his daughter's birthday was. Mm-hmm. Um, to put those pieces together was kind of rewarding. Yeah, a lot of the puzzles were uh quite demanding also there there weren't very handholdy oh yeah there's yeah. again going back to the whole no hud kind of thing there's there are zero uh golden arrows you know telling you where to look or what to do or or there's no hints yeah i i i, I the one that kind of stands out is um the poisoning the meal of the <laughs> yeah. uh oh, yeah. <laughs> uh the frawl uh, well, how do you, what are those creatures called frawls i i uh, they look like mini kafulis yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. they they're, they're basically you encounter them twice in the game unless i've missed one i think um, so but they're pretty much unkillable uh mm. in terms of standard uh, firearms. The first one you kill with a flamethrower, where you have to tempt him out of his cave. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then the second one, there's this cool puzzle where you have to find his food because uh, he's locked up in a cage and he's got like a little like food dispenser thing. So you've got to find his bucket of chum or whatever it is. <laughs> and uh, but also this specific blue flower that effectively poisons the the meal. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, you can't you can't get past him otherwise. So you have to. Do this, this little puzzle. That's, and that flower yeah. is that, described. That was pretty cool. Yeah, that flower is also described as being harmful to Cthulhu and his kin. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Cool. All right, then um, let's move on to uh, our correspondence from the forum. Um, if you would like to hear your opinions on uh, future uh, Ken and Rince recordings. Um, please head over to canerince.com slash forum and find the relevant podcast thread about uh, upcoming issues. So we've got one uh, one forum post for this, for this game. Uh, it's from Simon Sloth. Uh, he says, I hadn't heard of this game prior to seeing the podcast playlist, so embarked on a journey with this game, which I wish I had never started. I'm a finisher, a completer, a cane and rinser, but it's a it's games like this that make me resent this aspect of my personality as I truly detest the time I spent with this game. 
let's start with the good, of which there is little. There was some initial intrigue as the premise appeared promising and the atmosphere was foreboding. I was hoping this would be similar to Amnesia and first impressions were favourable. The turning point for me was the chase sequence early on in the hotel. It was actually very exhilarating the first few times, then slowly became more and more infuriating. Doors would open when I was trying to lock them. Bookcases wouldn't move when I pushed them from slightly the wrong angle. So this chase sequence became a chore very, very quickly. From this point, the game became an almighty mess. It introduces stealth, which is such a terrible idea when the game controls so badly. The shooting is appalling, and at times I felt absolutely lost. Often I felt like I was progressing in the wrong direction simply because there were so many stumbling blocks in my way that I surely must be going the wrong way. There were multiple jumping sequences either with the crumbling paths underfoot or one in particular onto the a fiery staircase which were so unforgiving. The hideous jumping is compounded by the fact that when you look down to time your leap correctly, the screen distorts and wobbles as your insanity kicks in. This meant blindly leaping to my death over and over again. Why put difficult platforming sequences in a game where you are hindered by looking down and perhaps haven't encountered a save point in a while? About halfway through, I encountered a game-breaking bug, which meant that I could not see enemies which were shooting me whilst on the boat. I then had to Google their coordinates, and after almost a 100 attempts at blindly shooting into the ether, I eventually made it past. Whoa. The, yeah. <laughs> the masochist in me said I had made it through that part, so I had to see it through to the finish. Surely there couldn't be another bug. I was wrong. I simply could not complete the end escape sequence from the collapsing cave. Internet forums spoke of tricks to get past it, the perfect run, lowering your resolution to the worst setting to speed up your movement, etc. Most had instead opted for a patch which added a debug menu to get past it. Essentially, I had to cheat my way through the end sequence. After many, many hours of painful gameplay, which was the antithesis of fun, I wanted to say... I had beaten the game, but instead, all I can say is that the game well and truly beat me. I cannot recommend this game. I rarely wish for hours of my life back, but the resentment this brought out of me makes me truly regret spending them this way. A very negative piece there from Simon <laughs> yeah. Sloth, and I noticed Sean, you were quite, you felt quite guilty. I did for yeah. recommending this game based <laughs> yeah. on this post. Yeah, we had we had well, we had a couple people that said they bought the game, and uh, you know they had similar experiences like this, and that that sucks, man. I'm bad. <laughs> you know, I know it's yeah. not it's not expensive anymore, but still, it's it's a shame to you know I, I've felt that way about a few games too. It's you know. I feel bad, yeah. man. And that's also, he brings up something that we really didn't talk about much. Uh, we mentioned it a couple times, but um, for anyone who might still actually be interested in playing the game, the PC version is rough. Um, the the GOG version that seems to be all right, like I still, ha I still yeah, ran into I played, a few bugs. Yeah, I played but... that and I didn't install the patch and it was fine. Mm. Like the GOG version worked fine yeah, for me. There's still some bugs, like I said, like I, some cutscenes cut I would hit 
you know, backspace and try to skip and it would crash the desktop or, or random ones. Like I did run into that bug that he's talking about or that Simon Soth was talking about where you're trying to escape the cave at the end and it kept collapsing no matter how fast I got to this same point. And the only way I could pass it was I had to keep jumping, which ah. just I'm, I'm picturing <laughs> in my head this guy like just running and jumping, like even though the, the floor isn't falling. <laughs> oh, he's supposed, to, totally. he's supposed to be raving mad, so that makes sense. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um thank thank you for that simon sloth um i'm sorry that you had such a miserable time <laughs> yeah. of it but um yeah th- i i do think that post uh really reinforced as as sean just said download that patch if yeah. you've gotten the steam version uh sounds like the gog version is fine but if you've got the steam version download that yeah. patch then the xbox uh, version i think like mikhail did you you don't seem to run into many no, I, I'm having a much kinder experience than a lot of people. Yeah, I think it's yeah. uh, I've I've had two crashes uh, yeah, throughout yeah. the whole game, two hard crashes, and that's about it uh, yeah. for funny stuff. Uh, one was quite annoying because uh, it was at a uh, it just wouldn't load the next level uh, before having mm. saved the before the auto save kicked in, so I would have to yeah. replay from the, the last save point again. Okay, uh, let's move on to our free word reviews. If you want your free word review read out on the podcast, um, we will send out a call out on the day of recording. So keep an eye out for that um, and send them uh, all to at Kane and Rince. Uh, let's start with Jacob. All right, Morbid Beard says Nervous Breakdown Simulator. Gustav Dahl says, intriguing Innsmouth beginning. And Jinx Thought says, bolt those doors. Solvent Image says, very good Innsmouth. And Derek Swinhart, my friend from Game Informer, says, spooky, mind-bending, antediluvian. Oh, very, very Lovecraftian word choice there. <laughs> <laughs> um, all that's left then is our summaries. Um, I'll keep mine short. Um... This is a game that I really, really admire the ambition of. Um, Reading the development history of the game um, made me very sympathetic for the situation. Um, A lot of the people at... um, at the studio had to had basically found themselves in um it sounds like it was quite the struggle to even get this game out um and a lot of the ideas here are fascinating but ultimately i think um and and this is this is partly because i'm i'm coming to this game late i've already experienced um better executions of these these ideas after the fact um i i think amnesia is kind of the the big point of comparison for me in terms of really evoking um lovecraft uh in terms of like creatures that drive you mad and um insanity and all of that stuff um i i just think that is a far scarier and better executed version of this idea and i think that the decision that frictional made to completely strip away combat uh for me plays better into the ideas of lovecraft having said that bloodborne also plays into the ideas of uh, Lovecraft and and has an awful lot of combat, um, but the, even that game comes up with some creative solutions like the sh- the Shogoth equivalent in in uh, 
in Bloodborne, if you look at it, uh, knives start coming out of the screen and uh, piercing you, and and <laughs> that that effect is glorious. Um, and it was disappointing to me that insanity in this game amounted to screen distortion, which is disorientating, is effective, but is just it does it has doesn't have the creativity of of games I've seen later down the line. Um, yeah, and and there are an awful lot of gameplay sections in this in in this game that I think are really really frustrating, and and hard to play in 2018. Um, so yeah, it's a game I respect the ambition of, but not one I'll ever be returning to, unfortunately. Jacob, I think I think this game is really kind of caught caught between two eras. I think that if it released earlier, if it could have re- uh, kind of beat Resident Evil 4 or Half-Life 2 to the punch, then we would have remembered it as like this really, really interesting, really progressive game. Um, and if it released later, it could have kind of walked back some of its gaminess and really leaned more into being experiential, maybe, you know, more like Amnesia or even more like a walking simulator mm-hmm. and just kind of kind of be an experience rather than rather than something that you had to to really beat your head against um but as it stands it's it's in this awkward middle ground where it kind of tries to do both and doesn't particularly do either well um we we talked about this a little but i have to say i found no part of this game scary not even a little bit and and i do think that's that's a failing of a game that is that is supposed to be kind of about these ideas of just cosmic horror. Um, so I've got I've got some time between me and the game, and I can appreciate what it did well more. But especially just after I finished it, I was truly frustrated and and not particularly uh, enthused. And I would say, if you're interested, watch a playthrough and and listen to some Lovecraft on tape. But I I can't recommend this one. McKeel. Yeah, it's a it's a hard game to recommend for so many issues that it has. Um but there's a reason why it made a big impression on me when I first played it in two thousand five. And uh why I was eager to return to it as soon as I had an uh, an OG Xbox in my possession. Um, and I think that's because this game, Call of Cthulhu, commits to its Lovecraft universe, maybe more so than any other game that's similar to it or of its type, because it doesn't just take the idea of cosmic horror and transplant it into another setting, but it actually evokes the settings and the uh, time period of your typical Lovecraftian horror story. Um, And it does so, I think, in a very loving and detailed manner. Uh, The the, the town of Innsmouth, uh, a couple of other locations in the game, they really seem like being brought to life and and, uh, uh, recreated by people who love the source material. Um, In comparison to Jacob... I did find the games quite uh, scary the first time I played it, but as soon as you get the guns and you start seeing through the uh, uh, anime AI faults, 
all the tension is uh, is kind of lost uh and indeed it's it's no longer scary um yeah so for that reason and for the there are bits that are really frustrating where you know uh, an, another part that i had a lot of trouble with was on the uh, on devil's reef where there are uh you're being assaulted by constant waves while you're trying to scale the side of a of, of a of a rock face, and you have to hold on to these rings to not be being <laughs> yeah. dr- dr- uh, dragged into the deep. And uh, I, I just kept trying to center those rings and trying to hit the action button to grab it. And then sometimes when I thought it didn't register, I'd had pressed two times already and just gra- grabbed and one of those go. rings and then let go of it again <laughs> and then being dragged under and I had to replay those sections again. So it's, there's countless bits that are very unfriendly. Um, if you still want to experience this game, I'd say definitely. I mean, I had probably had the kindest experience of it uh, out of everyone with the uh, original Xbox version. Uh, I, get, I think that is, if you have the possibility, if you still have an uh, original Xbox run, I think that's the way to go, really. Um, so yeah, hard to recommend, but there's a lot of it that I really admire and like. It just It's too, too bad that the game also still manages to fall flat on just as many occasions, uh, fall, fall on its face. Yeah, I guess that about sums it up. Sean? Um, yeah, it's weird. You know, I, I have a soft spot for it even still to this day because I have good memories of playing it back in the day and it being really effective at the time. Um, but I remember uh, when I first started playing it back up uh, for the recording here, I jumped into Slack channel. I was like, oh, I don't know if this was a good idea, you guys. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I regret this or not. Because, um, you know, there's the possibility of, of doing a, a podcast like this where we come back to a game that we used to love and, and kind of seeing the faults in it now. And, you know, the last podcast I was on here was Resident Evil 4, and I didn't really have that experience. I love it just as much now, if not more, than I did back in the day. And mm. I think a game like this, you know, it's it's different um, than something like Resident Evil 4, clearly. Um, but I think the cracks do kind of show a little bit, uh, well, not a little bit, uh, like a lot more. Um, uh, but I, I, yeah, but I still have a soft spot for it. So like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I can recommend it either, especially the PC version. Um, uh, it's tough, especially with, you know, we're recording this at the beginning of October, 2018. And in a couple of weeks, there's a new Call of Cthulhu coming out. It's not by the same, as far as I'm aware, not by the same people. Um, but it is based on, I'm pretty sure it's based on that uh, RPG as well. And it's going to have a sanity system. And I, I, I have a feeling as, as, as much as I do have a soft spot for this, this game, Dark Corners of the Earth, that um, as long as the game is good, that this new one will be a lot more effective. So I don't know. Um, it's a tough one, but I, I appreciate it. As you guys have all said, I think, the ambition here was really uh, impressive, especially for this being the first and only game by this studio. I would have liked to have seen, um, even though I wasn't too impressed with the trailer for the sequel, I would have liked to have seen where the studio could have gone. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I haven't followed up if any of these guys are still uh, uh, working on stuff now. Um, but it's, you know, it's it's got it's got some neat ideas in there. 
Cool. All that remains for me, Josh, uh, to say is thank you, Jacob, McKeel, and Sean, and all of our correspondents. Um, thank you very much for helping make this issue happen. Um, if you enjoyed this uh, lovely uh recording on uh, Call of Cthulhu, Dark Corners of the Earth please uh, subscribe rate and review um, the podcast on iTunes or whatever podcast app you like to use um, just a reminder we said it at the top of the show but uh, you can always give a little to our Patreon uh, patreon.com slash uh the podcast itself will not ever be behind a paywall um, but you can get access to extras um, uh, such as the unabridged versions of these uh, these podcasts along with the uh, mini uh, monthly cast with uh, Leon and Jay and getting uh, a limited time exclusive on the console specials. Um, so next time on Kane and Rince in issue 341, We'll be continuing our series on Resident Evil with Leon taking his crew of BSAA agents into Africa while questioning whether this choice of destination was maybe a bad idea with Resident Evil 5. Bye.